Blog Talk Radio. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio to start your free trial membership. It's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Better than ever. show 
I'm a huge, huge fan. I've, I've been a fan ever since uh, I read Homeland uh, way back in 1998. Uh, and before then, you know, I had other friends that were just saying, you have to read this series. Uh, at this point, I own every book, and it is just one of those series that is just very powerful. Uh, the beginning of every uh, uh, book, and they're generally divided between three to four books, there's kind of a passage where the main character, Dritz Duerden, is retelling an event or a series event that's happened in the storyline from his perspective. And it is amazing how often those introspective uh, moments or that, that section written by Dritz just is powerful enough that that it relates to something that's either happening in my life or a friend's life or uh, that really says, wow, and that kind of helps me along in, in that time. So... Um, I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Uh, it, it is an honor to have Bob uh, coming back to the show. Um, you know, I, we've grown quite a bit. You know, I don't want to toot our own horn uh, here, but it is amazing where we've come um, so far. You know, I am kind of, I am kind of trying to fill time, <laughs> waiting for Flagoon to show up. Um, but it's amazing. You know, I. This was a, a dream that was – we've reached something that we never expected. You know, uh, I started this way back in 2008 with my partner at that time, partner in crime, Malik. So it was Revenant Malik. Yes, I know. Um, funny thing is that happened to be our gaming names. Uh, then we – the the game – you know, Kotor came out. Uh, just a little bit different spelling for Malik, and it just it worked out. It was kind of interesting, you know, Dark Lords of the Sith. Uh, but we did. I was working for a radio station at the time. I had no experience. I wanted to get on air, and you know, pretty much, hey, you're not getting on air unless you have experience. So I came up with this grand idea of starting a podcast to do. A to get some experience for myself so I could get on air. I mean, it, it. This is fun. This is easy. This is great. I enjoy this. And I went to Malik. I said, "Hey, let's do this." And he's like, "Yo, let's go ahead." And we came up with Dungeon Crawlers Radio. You know, we we're down in his basement. It literally had bars on the window. So you know, that was our joke. You know, we are in a dungeon. I mean, we were in the the. The bottommost section of this uh, four-story house, um, it had bars on the windows. It just it felt right. You know, we were in a dungeon. Most people, when you play role-playing games, because that was kind of our bread and butter, are going through dungeons. They're crawling through them. They're mocking around, trying to get you know weapons, armor, gold, you name it. It just fit because that was our thing. We started the show and. It clicked. It just seemed like magic at that point. You know, we were doing our thing. Yeah, we were nuts. We didn't have a clue what we were doing. I'll admit that. We had no clue what we were doing. Our shows were really long. We meandered way too much. We weren't focused, but we were having fun. And people started catching on. 
And I'd like to think a lot of our listeners have grown with us as we've grown and matured as being able to present you guys with an amazing show, be able to bring in amazing talent. And not only that, we the the talent that we bring to the to the show wants to come back. And I think that says a lot about who we are as you know, as a team, as Dungeon Crawlers Radio. You know, uh we got Flagoon, which is our comedy guy. He loves and looks forward and searches and scours the internet for his little taglines he throws at the very end of the evening uh, to to throw out to you guys. Joe is a great interviewer. I mean, he he just has questions that are just questions that aren't normally asked and that are sometimes difficult. Um, it's, he really excels in that. And, you know, I do my thing. And then we have Firebird, which, oh, man... She does a lot for us. Uh, you know, I know she's not always on every night, but she does a lot in the backgrounds. And when she's on the show, she's just she is delivering 180 percent. I'd have to say. So where we are now is amazing. Um, we are 100,000 listeners right now, uh, and more. And that's because you guys have spread the word. You've spread the love. We've worked really hard to get where we are to put our name out there and make it a worthwhile and a very great product for you guys to listen to. You know, there are other uh, shows out there that talk uh, about the same stuff we do. You know, some of those shows aren't as good. You know, the quality is kind of uh, down there, but so were we when we started out, you know, and give them some time. They may be up to par where we are at or far above us. There are other shows that they're just a bunch of guys getting together, cracking a beer and having a day, you know, and they're recording it and people love that and that's great for them. You know, we want to be friend, you know, we want to be able to be friendly enough that anyone can listen to us. And that and so we hope we deliver that to you. I know sometimes there are some times where we're skirting that border quite a bit, but we we hope we bring a great quality product to you. Um so, with that said, uh, tonight we're going to play, which is this is our first mini boss interview, author Paul Janess. We've had Paul on the show many times before. Great author, an amazing guy. Uh, he ha- has written the Iron Dragon series. Now, unfortunately, um, the pu- the publishing company he was with kind of folded and closed their fantasy and science fiction um, section. And so his series got orphaned. Now, Paul is such this – he loves this series, and he's such an amazing person. He just said, heck with this. I'm moving forward. I'm self-publishing the rest of the series. So check out the Iron Dragon series. It is amazing. Not only that, he is the editor of the Crimson Pack series, so we'll, he'll talk about that in the interview. They're up to and uh, volume four of that anthology, and I remember way way back when he was talking about the first one, and now they're up to four. And then on top of that, he's going to be editing uh, the Abyss Walker anthologies that's coming up. Again, all this is in the interview. I'm going to let Paul talk about it because let's just face it, Paul is an amazing guy that can just he's take simple words and make them sound amazing. So, um, 
here we are. We're 10 minutes in. We hope you – well, actually, 12 minutes. Excuse me. We hope you stick around with us the rest of this evening, or t- if this isn't in the evening, you're listening to it tomorrow, a couple days down the road because you're listening to the archives. Thank you. That's awesome. We love it. As always, um, check us out on our Facebook page, our Google Plus page, our YouTube po- page where we put out uh, our What You Missed video. Like those. Subscribe to them. Let other people know about those. Get the word out there. The Dungeon Crawlers is a great show. You should enjoy it. And not only that, please, please, please turn it, tune in for this Monday night's uh, episode uh, or show with R.A. Salvatore. It should be an amazing show. And, of course, tell everyone to check out uh, this interview tonight with Paul Janess if they missed it tonight. So, with that said, I am going to play that song. Or not the, the uh, song, excuse me, the interview with author Paul Janess. It's about 22 minutes. And then after that is said and done, we will come back and finish up this show with you. And hopefully uh, we've entertained you for a little bit. So we will be back. Have a good one. All right, well, it looks like we are having a little bit of technical difficulty here, which is not a good sign. So let me play a song, and uh, I will be right back so that hopefully we can kick this interview into gear for you. I do apologize, but hey, there's quirks that always happen every now and then. So we will be back with you here shortly.
Sparkly New Year's as well. So, um. Greetings and salutations, listeners. <laughs> yeah, good one, Double D. This is Edward Double D speaking. Both of us would like to just say. You're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Um, Dungeons and Crawlers Radio is the place to be. So, okay. Okay, bye now. Enjoy. Alright. I think we have it. So, we will be back after this interview. Enjoy. Sitting with author, editor, and any other title we can throw at you, Paul Jenis. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Again. Yeah, welcome back. It's yeah. fun to hang out with you guys. I have, it's I've been a while. So much it's about been so long. Yeah. I met you very briefly during last year's uh, um, SLC, nerd. SLC nerd, but then I kind of got blindsided by Larry Korea and we started talking guns, and then kind of. And right. that, that actually kind of held you guys up, but yeah, so. You get much to Yeah, Lord Lagoon, it is nice to meet you. I've, yes. uh, I've heard that you have a, a four and a half by four and a half foot section of Scotland. Yes, I do. You own, you own that, that small piece of land. Yes. God has made you a lord. Yes. So what do you grow in this four by four uh, like, plot? Right now, grass and a tree. So you're, you're like a pot dealer? Or? <laughs> no, 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 just, just regular grass. Regular grass. No, not, not the special thing. All right. All maybe, right. maybe one day if I can head over there and just start. No. Yeah, so you're a, you're you're just a lord. I'm just just, just lord. But yeah. if you had like a ten by ten, would you move up and like become a baron? Or? I I think you're still a lord actually. Still a lord. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I'm you just plotting. I'm can, plotting. I've always wanted buy, to take over Scotland. So you can buy a hundred square feet. A hundred square yeah. ten by ten section. Yes. Oh my God. Well, I'm gonna keep it nice. in mind. Yeah. It's good to officially be on the show with you, Lord Lagoon. Uh, as as it is for me. And we're missing our fourth, our fourth member, but she is. Uh, yeah, Firebird's taking care of the business back, uh, back home in the city. She's at, she's at another con with Shane. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, is, uh, is uh, Firebird? Does she ever use her other name? Her more traditional? Not on the show. No, not on the nope. show. Nope. She just goes by Firebird. Firebird is so hot. What the hell is up with Shane Moore getting a hot girl like that? How did he score? I have Firebird? no idea. Um. Well, he showed. Uh, I mean, just look at their wedding. He's in Roman armor. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, he did look like Maximus. <laughs> he did. At the wedding ceremony. But a little yeah. bit more buffer than Russell Crowe's Maximus. <laughs> Shane Moore's a stud, and yeah. Firebird is a great, uh, great person to have on the team. She's a booth babe, oh, like, yeah. like no other. Yes. So, Shane's awesome. Shane and I, I know you guys kind of know this, we're, we're working together now. You know, Shane now is the owner of uh, New Babel Books. Mm-hmm. So he's a publisher uh, now, and uh, I'm going to be editing uh, an anthology for him that's going to come out actually soon called A Walk in the Abyss, which mm-hmm. is going to feature some original fiction set in his Abyss Walker world. Finally, my uh, long-ago written story, No Tusks, Mm-hmm. The orc story will finally come out after you know languishing for years because of publishing delays with various companies yeah. that fell through that Shane had kind of set up. So now we're finally going to do it. So the story I had other people edit it, but I'm going to edit the other stories 
uh, in the anthology. And nice. Shane's going to have an original one, and then uh, my my good friend Patrick M. Tracy is going to have an original story uh, featuring Mungo, the bloody-haired giant, which uh, made an appearance in the No Tusks story. Nice. Uh, so that's going to be freaking awesome. It's just yeah, awesome. Nice to finally see that the, 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 the No Tusks story get kind of fast-tracked and put right where it ought to have been. When you first told us about it. I mean, Jesus Christ, this publishing thing freaking sucks. You, you think you got things all lined up with these publishers, and then yeah. they, they go out of business, they fail, they, you know, just decide not to do something, whatever, and then uh, things get put on the back burner. And yeah. Finally, Shane's like, okay, I'm taking the world by its testicles. Squeeze it. <laughs> we're getting this done. So I'm glad. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm helping. That sounds like Shane right It is. It is Shane. Yes, it does. So Shane's, Shane's an awesome guy, so... It's fun. Uh, it's fun to be working with him, and being a being a part of uh, his little his little empire. Because mm-hmm. that's what he's got going on. Yeah. Kind well, of does. He's, well, got, yeah. he's got a nice like he's got a team built. He's got like mm-hmm. a fortress. A piece of, I mean, his house is practically a fortress. Right. Well, in the center of uh, of America, effectively. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Much. He's pretty much set up to survive the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I, I when I first talked to him. When we were getting ready to bring him on, I mean, the first thing he said to me is like, "I want to be the George Lucas of dark fantasy," and that's pretty much what he's done. He's getting there. I wow. mean, he's on his way there, and that's a bold goal to I've set out. I've never heard him say that, and you know, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because his cojones are large and <laughs> pure steel. <laughs> I know, and the guy, and he's he's, got, and he's an imposing figure too. He's like he's, yeah. not, he's, he's like nice. He's really nice, but like you look at a picture of him, yeah. and he looks like he would put your soul in a headlock and crush it until you couldn't take it. Right. Well, he was a cop. You know yeah. that, right? Yeah. He could be a cop. Yep. So he could get a job anytime he wanted. He's like a power yep. lifter. And yeah. Yeah. I love Shane. It's it's fun. It's fun being his friend. I gotta tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, like, you guys are too. Yeah. He's been a great support. He's he's always been pushing us. So that's it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. These strategic partnerships that kind of come up in, in the writing world. You know, like yeah, you you know we're friends and we hang out. We see each other. Yeah. Constantly. Fun to just kind of be in each other's little world, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and interact. And it's I don't know that's what makes coming to these these conventions and things fun, mm-hmm. right? These, all the writing oh, yeah. things, the gaming things, whatever. So I'm a big gamer too. Yeah. You know, it's all just uh, you, you hang out with your tribe and you have yeah. to, you have a good time. So then, uh, well, what what uh, what is exactly then bringing you aside from uh, you're, you're going to be talking about? Uh, are you going to be talking about the uh, Walk in the Abyss anthology then while you're here at LTU? Um, you know, a little bit, a little bit. I'm I'm. The, the story I was talking about was that it's going to feature Mungo the Bloody-Haired Giant, which is going to be written uh, soon mm-hmm. by Patrick M. Tracy, who's a good friend of mine. He, he's written a bunch of the Crimson Back stories, and he's been published in other things. He's an awesome writer, and if, if you don't know, uh, real real quickly, the No Tusks story is about this little orc uh, who they call No Tusks, because they broke his tusks out, you know, so he could, well, so he could never really hold the females down to make them, because mm-hmm. if you don't have tusks, it's hard to keep them from running away, yeah. to be honest, okay? <laughs> Dear little orc. But anyway, um, yeah. the No Tusks story, Pat and I have done a reading to this on video. If you if you put in No Tusks on Vimeo or the internet, you know, you will find the video of Pat and I doing a performance of this story, nice. which uh, features Mungo and No Tusks, and it's just crazy. But anyway, it's it's going to be fun to, to finally uh, to get this thing out. Pat's going to write the story with the giant, and there's uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, crazy little things. Patrick M. Tracy, a different Patrick, has this crazy little story in there, and it's, it's from the point of view of an arrow as it's being shot huh. at some evil, you know, enemy necromancer, and it's just, it's funny. This guy, you know, pulls out the arrow using some magic. It's, 
there's just a lot of little crazy things in it that make it kind of interesting and unique. So the Walk in the Abyss is definitely something to, to look for and check out, especially if you're a fan of like orcs and giants and yeah, things like that. So gamer geek, gamer geek kind of stuff. Yeah, it's gonna be right up right up our alley then. Yeah. So then what? Uh, so when can we expect to start seeing the Walk in the Abyss? Probably in May. Okay. Uh, if the goal is to to put it to have it uh, out. Uh, my conduit, which is like the end of May in 2013, yeah. mm-hmm. so it's it's all going to happen rather quickly because we're we've been sitting on this for freaking ever. So yeah. at this point, it's just a little bit of editing, and then Patrick Tracy's going to finish up that story. We're good to go, and we're getting the artwork done by this amazing artist who does scary, awesome horror type covers. Mm-hmm. And No Tusks will probably be on the cover. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> disgusting horror face. Well, then we'll have some good news to report. Conduit will be there again this year. So. Excellent. Good. Nice. Maybe we should do a game at Conduit. That would be awesome. You know, that, that's something I I could commit to. Yeah, that, that would be fun. That could be fun. They're just, you know, like I was saying off air, we're constantly referencing back that. You know, that is like the quintessential amazing getting your your players into the game, just how you did it. And, Thank you. Know, you. You know the dramatics and the way you voice things, and even the moment when you rip off your shirt and there's that picture of that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you see her. Yeah. My shirt off and it had the the bosomy awesome pirate babe shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, next time next time you try to go for something like that, I would almost expect you to pull up, you know, rip up your shirt and you have just a tattoo. (laughs) That's commitment. Yeah, right. I'm getting tatted up for a one-off game. Yeah. No, we should totally game again. It'll be fine. Yeah. We'll bring in Lord Lagoon. Yes. He has personality. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Awesome. And, and he is a seaman. Yeah. He's a seaman. <laughs> really? That was a time ago. I, I was in the Coast Guard. Okay. Yes. And that's their lower ranking names is seaman. I see. Yes. So you were, like, swabbing decks and... Yep. Right. Had to, decks, had to crawl through a scullery. tunnel in his underwear in, uh, in Antarctica. Uh, uh, it was a trough. Oh, a trough. Excuse trough. me. A water-filled trough in Antarctica. That sounds bad. It was cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, definitely. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, what do you deserve to do to have that? Uh, you, you you have the audacity to go down there for one for your first time. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. How dare you? Uh-huh. How dare you not be gone down here before? <laughs> Show you. Yeah. Antarctica is kind of on my bucket list a little bit. You know, like I haven't decided for sure if it's on there, but like I've got the name. Got the t-shirt. Got the t-shirt. <laughs> got the t-shirt. <laughs> Hopefully it's like a fleece lined shirt. No, it's a long fleece t-shirt. Yeah, that's, and a hat. that's not going to work. It says, yeah. uh, I got a hat. Says, uh, it actually is kind of a play on the uh, ski Utah term. Yeah. It says ski Antarctica, two miles. <laughs> two, awesome. two inches of powder, two miles of base. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Nice. Yes. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what else can we see? What, what else are we going to expect from you at LTUE this year? Um, well, here at LTUE, I'm 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 giving a bunch of panels. Uh, the, a really fun one yesterday was about the Hobbit movie. Cause I'm like the oh yeah, I wanted to see that, but like, I missed Lord it. Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, geek, nerd, mm-hmm. scholar. You know, I'm not a total scholar, but like I know a lot about that stuff. And in the movies, I've seen them so many times. So it was a great panel. Tracy Hickman was, was on was on the panel with me, and uh, Dave Farland and Blake Castleman, who's a filmmaker, and we learned all all sorts of cool stuff. And and one of the things that I wanted to share that that some of you listeners may not know, and that I, the Tolkien geek scholar, did not realize after watching The Hobbit three times, the white orc, Uh Azog, okay, it's a Moby Dick symbol. Yeah. I do not know why I didn't catch that, but it's 
Thorin's Moby Dick. Yeah. Thorin is freaking Captain Ahab going after this white orc mm-hmm. that killed so many of his, his family and friends. And makes, he, it makes the hands, the, the, the actual the uh, prosthetic arm. Makes exactly. It's like yeah. a harpoon kind of trident. Thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a not, it's a freaking white Yep. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was that was great. So I'll just leave you with that one tidbit. But um, okay, <laughs> the Hobbit movie was freaking awesome. Yes. I'm now scheming to uh, run a, a, a role-playing game set in Middle Earth Ooh. right after the Battle of the Five Armies. So, so my plan right now is that once the third movie's out, uh, I'm going to run kind of a short campaign nice. um, in Middle Earth, which is sacred ground. Yeah, it is. So there is no you know crazy uh, surfing statement you know that you make as a player. Okay. Well, let's just surf. I'm an elf, dude. No. No. You can't no. say that. Uh-uh. You must be strictly <laughs> in yeah, yeah, it has to be. It has to be a, you know, really just, you know, classic kind of role-playing stuff. <laughs> anyway, I'm so into the, the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit stuff right now, which is, I think, uh, why I got into dwarves. I like the Hobbit, and I like the, I like mm-hmm. dwarves. So my Iron Dragon novels, you know, I'm yeah. the author of the Iron Dragon series. You know, look up the Golden Cord. That's the first book. But there's, there's a lot of dwarves in there, and it's, uh, it was awesome for me to see all those dwarves on the screen. Yeah, that was very interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say that, you know, the dwarves in The Hobbit were amazing. Totally. Thorin, I mean, you don't even need to know he's the king. Just when that door opens and you see him for the first time, it's like, wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Put a crown on you and a spinner yeah. of medallion. Richard yeah. Armitage playing Thorin is just brilliant casting. And, you know, there's a couple of differences from the novel that, you know, I just kind of want to mention. In the, in the novel, Thorin is actually, like, the oldest dwarf. Yeah. And he's, he should kind of be gray-bearded or whatever. But, you know, they, they decided to go a, a little bit a different way. And maybe he's got the genes that he looks young, even though he's older than Balak. Yeah. And all those guys. And he's got, so so uh, Richard Armitage came up with all sorts of things. He's got a short beard in yeah. the movie, right? And dwarves have usually have these long, long beards. Yeah. They tuck them into their belt, whatever. That's what Tolkien says, right? Yeah. So Richard Armitage justified it by, by, by the short beard saying this. Thorin cut his long beard off as like a symbol to show that he's, he's been exiled his or kingdom. something. Yeah. And this is a, I mean, he probably grew it long over the past few years, maybe, you know. But he cut the damn thing just to show that he's, he's got to regain his kingdom and then he'll let it grow back. So Richard Armitage is brilliant. The other thing, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but at the very end of The Hobbit, spoiler alert, and I'm sure that everybody listening is no, no, probably no, no. But at the very end of the movie, Thorin goes to fight Azog and he's got the oak brain. Oh yeah, I saw that. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. That was Richard Armitage's idea. Because that's not in the novel. Yeah. That he would have the the, the oak, you know, because it's Thorin Oaken Shield. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he used this oak branch as like a shield. And he's got like these metal spike things yeah. on it or whatever. Uh, that, it looks sweet. Yeah. Richard Armitage, brilliant job. Thorin Oaken Shield, awesome. Tragic hero. Yeah. Love it. No, I mean, my, my favorite scene is where they're sitting on the branch and the flames are everywhere. Oh. And he just gets up, and it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, you just that you got goosebumps. You huh? did, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. you know. And then, then you see him get the crap beat up. And he fails. And he, he does fail. And then, you know, just out of nowhere, Bilbo dives in. Bilbo just kind oh, of yeah. it buys him a moment. Yeah. He buys him. He buys him a few yeah. more seconds of life. Yeah. You know? So I, they did. They crafted it well. I enjoyed yeah. it. I, I'm excited to see you know the next movie, Smog. And, yeah, uh, the Desolation of Smog. Um. Yeah. Uh, Chamberlain. What's his first name? 
Oh, uh, uh, Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. Benedict, that's right. Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. yeah. I want to. I want to hear his voice as small. I, I mean, wonder what he's gonna, if they're going to kind of, you know, kind of mess with his voice a little bit because yeah. he's got a great. Voice. Yeah. He's got to do that. Yeah. He's also voicing the um, Sauron as well. Yeah. 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 The Necromancer. Yeah. Necromancer. Yeah. He he's lining up. I mean, he's going to be the villain in the Star- next Star Trek movie. Oh, yeah. And Smog, the Necromancer. I mean, I'm excited. So it, it wants to see. It's a good time to be a geek. I'm it not going to lie. I mean, you got we got the Avengers <laughs> movie coming out. I mean, the, his, the history of Iron Man the past three, X- Iron Man three. Holy oh. cow! X Men: <laughs> Days of Future Past, the new Wolverine movie. I mean, yeah, it's just it's Superman. A good time. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, and there's a lot of a lot of good books, a lot of good movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now is the time to reconnect with reading, really. Because I mean, I, I'm looking at, I keep looking at your uh, your 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 cold over here, yeah. Reference and Tax series. Oh. And like I I gotta hear like you know, western. Yeah. Oh, right, right, western. Right. So, yeah, I so, love in that artwork, and I'm just like, okay, I got to hear a little bit about this. Hey, we go. Right, right. So Crimson Pact uh, Volume Four, it's this demon-themed anthology. The Crimson yeah. Pact like vows to like fight these demons. That's the basic idea. Yeah. And uh, the cover for Volume Four is this, is this uh, gunslinger, kind of like you know, it looks like little Stephen King yeah. gunslinger kind of deal. Yeah. And uh, there's little demon faces kind of hiding in the background that you have to see if you look close. But huh. but anyway, uh, this gunslinger, his cow, he, he's a U.S. marshal in the Arizona Territory, and uh, his job is basically to go out and kill these demons. <laughs> this is alternate history. Yeah. During the Civil War, uh, this horde of demons just appeared on the Civil War battlefield in the, the Battle of Chickamauga, and it totally changed the Civil War. And the two sides kind of came together to fight the demons. And World War One has never happened, and now it's uh, Early 19, still it's early 1900s, and the demons are still running rampant over the U.S. Yeah. Oh wow. And the world, really. So wow. it's it's pretty chilling. If anybody knows about the Deadlands game, which is yeah. kind of old west, you know, undead gunfight stuff, it's a little it's a little bit like that. It's a supernatural western, and Patrick Tracy wrote the story. The story's called The Darkness of the Sun. And it's awesome. And uh, Crimson Black Volume 4 made it to the reading list for the World Horror uh, Bram Stoker Awards. It's yeah. not nominated for an award, mm-hmm. but it made it to the reading list, which is a big honor for us. And hopefully it'll make the final ballot. Not much chance, realistically. But, hey, it's, it's an honor just to make the list. Yeah. So we're, we're happy about it. I'm the editor of, of that. So look at, check out Crimson Packs. Go watch the little book trailer on it. You can download the first story uh, for free, which is uh, called um, The Failed Crusade, which sets up the whole anthology. So go to cr- thecrimsonpack.com or just Google it, and you'll, you'll find it. So. Download it for free. Hang on. We're all about giving away free stuff. That's a great price. I'm just amazed. It's my I mean, budget perfect. It's up to four. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just saying a lot. I've, I've worked so hard on this over the last uh, couple of years. You know, I have a lot of you know, books come out and short stories, but The Crimson Pack, I, I'm just so into it. Yeah. I just work like a dog on these. I've, I've edited uh, over half a million words of Crimson Pack. like 86 wow. stories. And a lot of these are, these are like, these are big time. <laughs> we got Larry Korea and... Lots and lots of other award-winning writers and, and best-selling writers that are, that are in there. So there's some newbies, too, but I think it's pretty high-quality stuff. Um, that's, I, have, I have high standards. You know, people are always going to find stories, and they're like, nah, it's not my kind of story. Yeah. But I think for the most part, you're going to find some kick-ass yeah, demon-hunting stories. Yeah, everything's, okay? everything's going to target something somebody else, uh, I guess, in that uh, interest area. Exactly. Yeah. So is there is there uh, is there a particular one that reader should be absolutely sure to read? Well, you know, right. I think right now you you should read the Failed Crusade, which is a frame story that sets up the whole 
mythology, and I'm really high on uh, volume four. You don't have to read these these in order, although some of the stories do carry over from volume one, two, three, four. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the same characters, but yeah. maybe different story arc, whatever. But hey, just check out any of them that uh, strike your fancy. It's all on Amazon, ebooks, and also trade paperbacks. And uh, there's uh, there's just there's something for everybody there, especially if you like seeing demons get totally blown away. I have been known to be a fan of these things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they might tear some of the heroes apart too, and he tears. Even better. Even better. <laughs> even more important. Well, I, I just remember when you came on and talked about the first one. I mean, you were so excited about that. Now we're the fourth, so I mean, that's just that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. thank so, you so much for your support on it. Yeah, it's been it's been great. I appreciate you. I, know, I love hearing that you're still doing this. Yeah, and it's doing well. You got lots of lots of support in this one. I mean, yeah. You know, I, and. Uh, how, when, when do we expect a volume five? Volume five, like the deadline, the writers are sending me, I've got some stories, but volume five's deadline is February 28th. Uh, it's not an open call, so you can't really submit for that unless I ask you. But uh, I'm, I'm going to take a couple of months, so uh, March and April, and it should be, it should be, maybe it'll be out in May. Mm-hmm. It probably will be out in May, actually. Okay. Probably for Conduit, we'll have uh, the uh, Walk in the Abyss anthology come out, and then uh, volume five, the Crimson Pack. Okay, so it's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to be, uh, are you going to have a table here, over here at, at LTWE? You know, I'm uh, LTWE. I'm just going to sign in the uh, mass autograph signing tonight. Okay. I, don't ha- I don't have a table, but Conduit, I'm the local guest of honor. So that's Even of- better. Yeah, wow. So that'll be kind of And fun. you should be. Guest of honor everywhere you go. Uh, I'm, I'm, I am honored. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I love the, the fan community and the writer community. and You know, it's, it's nice to be to be recognized. And, you know, I try to give a lot to my friends and fans. And, you know, they, they give a lot to me. And it's it's, yeah. it's Great. So, anyway, thank you guys for having me on the show. Yeah. Are you going to be uh, at SLC Nerd or part of that? Oh, I am so going to be at SLC Nerd. And I'm going to give a talk on, um, like, becoming a dragon slayer, good career move, or the dumbest thing you've ever done. Part of the Vox Nerd. It's part of the Vox yeah. Nerd talk. Yes. So it'll be yeah. like a 15 like minute TED talk if you don't know yeah. what TED talk is. So that's, mm-hmm. That should be funny. That should be uh, funny. I'm excited. To and then aren't you guys, are you guys going to Gen Con? Again? We are. Yeah, oh, we're going to be at Gen yeah. Con again. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be at Gen Con too. Yeah, we've already got our hotel booked and everything. So Good. Yeah. Just kind of find better friends. They're like, yeah. we're four blocks and we get a walk there this year. And like, okay. we were 12. What, 12, 15 miles 12, 15 away last time? Miles okay, four blocks ain't bad, ain't bad. You know, airfare, about uh, 4.30 is usually what it costs. Yeah. Salt Lake, so handy. Yeah. Good luck. I know. You can do it, though. But yeah, we'll be there. We'll be at SLC Nerd Conduit again. So we're, we're doing a panel as well uh, there. And Excellent. Lots of recording. So. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, I'll introduce you to some people there that you might want to talk to. Sweet. I know a lot of, I know a lot of people. We appreciate it. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, check out the Iron Dragon series. Crimson Pack and uh, Walk in the Abyss, Walk in the Abyss anthology. anthology is coming out soon. So. All right. And then and you'll find, where, where can, uh, where can new, new readers find you? I can see Right. You know, you can, you can find me online at pauljeunesse.com. It's, uh, you know, P-A-U-L-G-E-N-E-S-S-E. It's kind of like finesse with a G-E. So, yeah, Come and say hello. Friend me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. It's all good. Hi, this is Tim Russ from Star Trek Voyager and iCarly, and you're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Welcome back, and we are here uh, once again. So hopefully you enjoyed that interview with uh, Paul Janess. We apologize if the audio was a little low. I had to do some uh, 
some quirky things to make sure everything was working properly. So, <clears throat> with that said, um, we're going to get ready to wrap up the last 20 minutes of uh, this mini-boss episode. And uh, hopefully Lord Flagoon is uh, joining us as the clock turns and ticks away. Um, maybe so, maybe not. Anyways, uh, again, check out Paul Jens, uh Great guy. Uh, very warm, friendly, loving guy that I swear, if he could, he'd give you the shirt off his back. Um, but always uh, more than happy to talk to, to fans, to friends, uh, give some input, uh, and he, and really talk about uh, things, uh, especially especially Lord of the Rings. I mean, if you think you are a big fan of Lord of the Rings, I can pretty much guarantee you, multiply that by 100, and you've got Paul Janess. I mean, it's just amazing uh, the amount of knowledge he knows and uh, how sacred he holds uh, the uh, Middle-earth realms. So uh, with that said, um, wow, Flagoon is batting a thousand right now. It's ringing, it's dinging. Uh, let's see. I'm just gonna send him a quick little message here so that he can actually answer the line and join us here because we've got a couple things we want to talk about uh, as we're wrapping this show up. Um, but why I'm waiting for him to answer? Uh, check. Oh, there. Are you there? And I'm here. You are here. Yay. Yay. One of us is. Yes. Yay. So, um, I have to ask, have you checked out Facebook today? Yeah, I, my computer has, uh, uh, is, uh, has officially exploded. Uh, yesterday, yesterday it, it officially exploded, so I sadly do not have the Facebook uh, yet. Okay. But well, uh, uh, do do tell us what uh, what did you what did you do on yonder Facebook? So um, we don't need a barbarian. Nope. We don't need a barbarian. No, there's a little post on Facebook that says we don't need a barbarian. Because well, yeah, you've got me. Yeah, we already got Lord Flagoon with his plus two uh, flaming burst mace. Oh well, you know that's all you need, really. Yeah, it is. So, but uh, yeah. Uh, I I was going to talk about some geek news but I I was waiting until you got on so well what have we got what what uh what has happened other than uh the obvious uh, awesomeness that is going to be PlayStation 4 That's pretty much it. Uh-huh. Right uh yeah. and of course the confirmation that uh there will be most of the original cast you know Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher uh joining uh Harrison Ford in Episode 7 of Star Wars. Uh, I know they already had all of them. No, they have... They're in the talks with the other two. They do have Harrison Ford for sure. No, uh, but but they have said for sure that... But they are in talking with the other two. And, you know, let's be honest. There is a reason why Mark Hamill has been doing voice acting all this time. Yeah, he does and, not look very good anymore. And, and there is a reason why Carrie Fisher has been a writer and uh, you know, uh, producer and stuff like that. Well, that's just because she became an angry, crazy yeah. lady after yeah. Star Wars. Well, I mean, I did. I have seen her in a couple of like, uh, uh, what was she? Um, a Fish Called Wanda. I think she was in that, wasn't she? I I don't know. Joe's the person to talk to about this. 
Yeah. Um, we're, I mean, she's still in, in a decent. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up. I, I, this is gonna bug me. So. But looking at this, uh, looking at our Facebook, so I guess I'm gonna be the tank. Uh, Joe's gonna be range DPS. What does that make you? Are you gonna be a, like what a, the, the rogue? Uh, no. Have you looked at the picture of Tracy's picture? I think she's the rogue. Uh, I figured she'd be the hunter. Oh, well, she could be the hunter. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that could work. Oh, there we go. You can be the healer. Mm, no. Just, just, just get in the back. Shut up and heal me. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, no, Blues Brothers. Yeah, that's right. She was in Blues Brothers. Didn't look too bad there. I, I know she had a bit role in uh, Fanboys, but then again, who didn't have a bit role in Fanboys? I think I was in there for a few seconds. Well, uh, Mark Hamill wasn't. Neither was Harrison Ford, was he? I don't think so. But yeah, pretty much everyone else was. But that was a great movie. That was. Although I would still agree, I, I would agree with what the uh, Trekkie guy said about Han Solo, though, just to, you know, just to throw something in the pot a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna have to watch it again. It's been a while. I don't remember. Uh, he he calls him a bad word. Uh, that's right. Well, so even though we survived the the, the technical glitch, we survived the encounter. Um, <laughs> good to know we were able to think on our feet. Yes. The uh, the big announcement today, or you know, last day, has been PlayStation Four. Oh yeah, uh, that you haven't been able to get anywhere on the internet at all today without seeing something about ooh PlayStation Four, ooh shiny graphics, ooh new controller, ooh new controller. I actually like with what I've seen of the controller, I like it. Yeah, I, I think it is a step in a in the right direction for what PlayStation is got themselves into already. Yeah. I mean, the DualShock controller was a very uh, very cumbersome, very uh, not, not not very ergonomical uh, controller for those with big hands. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was very blatantly obvious after going from playing with the uh, Xbox Potato controller, their their original controller, mm -hmm. going back to playing a PlayStation 2 and then playing PlayStation 3 which really didn't change anything with the controller except for making it the 6 axis which nobody ever uses and making it the uh, you know, wireless Bluetooth, which seems to be the staple for everything now. Mm -hmm. So I like the way that they kind of they kind of slimmed it down a little bit. They kind of made the the handholds a lot longer. Uh, I didn't get, I still didn't get a good look at the uh, bumpers. Uh, that's the shoulder buttons. That's that's where I'm getting kind of you know I, I want to see I want to see what they've done with it. But uh, well, who knows on the on the touchpad. Yeah, I mean, it's got a touchpad, it's got the light bar, um, which is definitely interesting. It does have motion control in it. Um, so, for those of you that like jerking your hands when you play, um, that's going to be a problem. Now, that's something I've never, like, no one even tried to, like, incorporate into their gameplay was the in, in, the involuntary movement of hands. I wouldn't say making it a core mechanic, but making it kind of a an additive. Yeah. So you're 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 playing your little racing game. You're you're controlling with your thumbstick, but if you want to get a little extra drift in it, then you kind of you shake the controller. You kind of move it this way and that way, and that kind of gives you a little bit more, you know, that 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 turn plus then some. Yeah. And I'm getting clothes thrown at me. 
well, it actually looks like the shoulder buttons are just the same as oh, previous controllers. Sony. So it looks like they've widened it just a little bit, given the light bar in there, the Good. touchpad. Um, but beyond that, I made it a little bit bulkier, but beyond that, it looks like the same controller we've, we're used to. Um, the start and select buttons are built into the touchpad, of course. Um, and then it has another button here in the middle. I don't know what that is for. It's, I'm, is that the PS button? The, uh, the yeah, it looks like the PS button. Oh, it's okay. not. It doesn't have the PS symbol on it, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is, the on-off switch. Um, so not too bad. I mean, it could be worse, to be honest. And with uh, if uh, what the price points that was uh, projected by uh, Kotaku dot com uh, says, I'm in, I'm also uh, they they're taking a good uh, good leap with the uh, the price point uh, for and it was four sixty nine for the low end five sixty nine for the high end as opposed to the uh, PlayStation 3's initial release which was horrifically expensive. Mm-hmm. It was uh, six ninety nine for the cheap end. Well, it's because it, the blue, the the oh the uh, oh what is it? That that wonderful blue disc that Blu-ray? I Blu-ray, yeah, because the Blu-ray player that I still haven't bought. Oh, yeah. you're missing out. You're missing out, Revan. Eh. Uh, yeah. No, still not there. You are still. You are missing out on. The high def goodness that is Blu-ray. Yeah, I'm okay. All right. Well, enjoy yourself. One day. What else? What else do they say about the PlayStation Four? Uh, you'll be able to play, uh, start playing your games before they're done downloading. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be that for all games or for some of their lower end uh, uh, DLC, but you should be able to play. Uh, you, Download and play the first few levels uh, after they get loaded. Yeah, I'm pulling up the specs right now so we can handle it. So, for some reason, it's pulling slowly. Um, it looks like it's going to be available uh, coming this holiday season, which is yep. not a big surprise that they would dump it so, out. So, for any of you out there wondering what they want to get uh, their favorite Lord's Lagoon for, uh, for his birthday, which will be. Either right around or right after it comes out, uh, right right before, or right after it comes out. You know, there you go. You know. So it looks like it's boasting uh, eight gigabytes of unified system memory. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it houses a highly enhanced PC GPU containing a unified array of eighteen compute units, which collectively generates one point eight four teraflops of processing power. So they're still using their cell technology that they. And for the PlayStation 3, which is, you know, it's kind of their staple now, although it makes things a little difficult on the programmer end. Yep, uh, the Century it's centered around a powerful custom chip that contains eight uh, 86 to 64 core chips, so, um, and a state-of-the-art uh, graphics processor. So, um, yeah, I mean, they may run into some problems again, like they did with uh, Skyrim. But hopefully not. Well, that, now they've at least figured out what to do with those problems. Uh, yeah. you, know, but, you know, Bethesda figured it out. The only problem this is going to bring now is you still you're going to have to do coding for two different systems. One, uh, 
Xbox, where when uh, when Microsoft comes out with the new Xbox, you're going to have to do coding for the Xbox PC port, and then you're also going to have to do coding for the PlayStation port. So it's just going to be more of a headache for the developers than it is for the consumers. However, they are boasting that uh, the time it takes today to boot a console and load a saved game will be a thing of the past because of their uh, suspend mode. Nice. So it, what it's going to do is keeps the console in a low power state while preserving game sessions. That'll be nice. It uh, looks like uh, users will also be able to boot applications, including a web browser, when playing the PS4. While the system will enable titles to be downloaded or updated in the background, yeah, or stay in a standby mode. Now that the uh, yeah, that uh, that sounds nice. The uh, downloading and back games downloading and background. Well, if it's downloading and installing background, that's where I would actually be a little bit more pleased to uh, see that happen because. Nothing's more annoying than downloading a new game or getting a new game off PSN, letting yeah. it download overnight because it's a big freaking game. Yeah. And, and you know, I show I you know I go to work, I come back in the morning in the afternoons. I want to play my game. I want to play my cool new toy, and then I still have to install it and then install firmware, which it really should have been just done that to begin with. Well, this is also pretty cool. So Sony also has stated that Vita, along with iOS and Android devices will be capable of as acting as a second screen for the PS4. The new system will allow Vita users to seamlessly pull PS4 titles from their living room TVs and play them on the portable uh, device over Wi-Fi, while PlayStation app will enable players to supplement their console gaming experience, for example, displaying maps or inventory screens on supporting devices. So basically, that's their uh, that's their uh, way of uh, saying, "Hey, Nintendo, we can do the little pad thing too." Yeah, Which was probably the reason why Sony wasn't all too uh, upset about the Vita's lackluster sales when they first released it. Yeah, was well, we have plans for it, so just you wait. Yeah, so it looked like uh, Evolution Studios unveiled Drive Club. Uh, for PS4, which is a next-gen racer. That's uh, the uh, most first-gen law or first launches yeah. for a uh, video game. You got to yeah. get the racer out because yeah. it makes the graphics look nice and pretty. Killzone Shadowfall is coming and out. That's one of their staple uh, programs, or one of their staple sta- their, their staple uh, OSs so, or IPs. So yeah, so it looks like uh, Street Fighter producer Yoshinoro Ono. Uh, appeared on stage uh, to demo Capcom's new engine, the Pantheria, which uh, is being I got to watch that. That, new, was, yeah. that was pretty. I got to watch. That was the one little bit I was able to watch yeah. before I said, oh, okay, I need to play Skyrim. But and it looks like Square Enix is developing a new uh, entry for the PS4. Uh looks like Diablo 3 will be launched on the PS3 and the PS4. Ooh. Um, and then Bungie offered a brief glimpse of Destiny, which is going to be released on the two, the PS3 and PS4. Really, the Bungie's jumping the ship with uh, being a sole provider or provider for uh, um, Xbox for Xbox. Yeah, it looks like it. Wow, that's exciting. That's that was uh, unexpected. Yep. So, yeah, who knows? We may see uh, some crazy things happening. Because I don't know, of the software update for my iPad, yay. But, 
Yeah. So that's kind of the big news, uh, I'd say at least geek news. Yeah, that, uh, I, I think nobody else is really going to want to make any announcements or anything because it's not like, because it's just going to get, oh, but did you hear about the PS4? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll probably wait a while. That they will. So, we are down to our last four minutes of the Mini Boss episode. Well, I'm I'm glad we were able to survive this encounter. Yes. Now we can trek on to actually to conquer the main boss, which is the RA Salvatore interview on Monday. Oh, I am I am saving up my health pots for that one. Yes. So it should be exciting. Well, this was kind of fun. Sorry I was a little late for it. Oh, you are fine. Uh, we'll just get more into the tune of these. And hopefully the uh, audio issue will be fixed. Yay. Yay. So, anyways, uh, tune in Monday's show, as always, every Monday night, Mountain Standard Time, 6 to 8. Uh, we broadcast live from Epic Puzzles Games for those that are it local. Uh, you're always welcome to tune in. Send in your emails uh, about your GamerForge questions to info at DungeonCallersRadio.com. Or if you just want to say hi, you can always call in to us at 626-226-1475 while we're live, or email us, and we'll be more than happy to answer your questions. Or you can download our archives off of uh, basically anywhere you want to nowadays. You can get it off the iTunes Store, Stitcher, Blog Talk. Uh, I've even explained several times how to get it off of your iPhone, your Windows phone. I still haven't yet tried to put it on my wife's Android, but there are ways. Listen yes. to us in other ways than just live. Yeah, we're we're everywhere. And if we're not there yet, just wait. We will we're be. Like, we're like the digital form of of herpes, but you actually like to see us come every week. Yes. We're. Do you just call us digital herpes? Yes, but but with the light side of you actually want to see us coming. Oh my goodness! All right. Well. So. I guess stay tuned for your next encounter, Digital Herpes. Yes. <laughs> On Monday. That we will. Wow. All right, with that. What can I say? I like to bring the what? Yeah. You like to bring the what? No, 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 no. I like to bring the what? Yeah. Yep. That you do. Someone is apparently enjoying the comments in the background. Oh, yeah, that would be Mrs. Flagon. She's Yay. crying right now. She's laughing so hard. Well, now that the uh, she has given us our irritated warning. Well, that is not an irritated warning. That is, a, that is a helpful, loving warning that a mother would give to a child. Oh, okay. Yes. Our, 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 British, our motherly British warning. Our motherly uh, British. We have to wrap up and call it a oh, call it a night. Ed, so yeah, next week Ari Salvatore. Next Monday Ari Salvatore. Yep, and then um, we'll go from there. Check out our Facebook page. Check uh, look for updates about the next uh, mini boss episode. Yeah, uh, who's going to be up next for mini boss? Uh, it might be Dan Wells or Joe Vasicek. We'll Joe see. Vasicek or Dan Wells. Awesome. Well. Should we uh, call it a night, then? We shall. All right. Well, hey, why don't you and me head over to uh, my place, and I'll give you some digital herpes. Wow. Internet. Okay. 
Well, um, we don't have Joe to say good night, world, good night, whatever, 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 and I don't know how he signs off. Uh, good night, Internet, good night, world, and get more from your games, I think. That is right. But he says it with much more fervor. He does. And vigor, which is, that, that's his thing, and he needs to. Yes, and then, of course, uh, with that, we'll say good night, and we will catch you next week. Drive safely, Internet.